0: The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. There's a dire need in America. All over the world there's this need, but definitely in America there's a dire need for a hell to be preached. Because hell is for real. Hell is for real. So I'm going to show you some facts about hell. For hell is real. Hell is for real. You know this book right here by Burpo. Todd Burpo was written, Heaven is for Real, and it's a good book. And it's got some evidence about this young boy that's hard to dispute. It's hard to dispute this evidence in this book. And They've even made a movie out of this book. Heaven is Real by Don Piper. Here's another book by Don Piper, 90 Minutes in Heaven. You can find a lot of books about people having after-death experiences and going to heaven and coming back and having these different experiences. But it's really rare to hear about people having experiences about dying and going to hell and coming back. But they're there. You don't hear about them. And our Christian society, and the way, in the, especially the way America is, we don't want to hear about hell. We don't want to hear about hell. We don't want to think about hell. We don't want to think about our loved ones going to hell. We want to have our ears tickled. But I'm here to tell you this morning, hell is for real. Look at look at Proverbs chapter fifteen, and I'm going to give you some facts about hell as we're going through this. Some facts through the Bible. If I'm going to show it to you, it's going to be the, it's going to be biblical. But look at Proverbs chapter fifteen, verse twenty four, and I'm going to show you some quick facts about hell as we go through this this morning. For hell is for real. Hell is. Real. I believe in hell just as much as I believe in heaven. I believe in Jesus Christ just as much as I believe in the devil. They want to talk all about Jesus Christ, and it is all about Jesus Christ, but we forget we have an adversary, a roaring lion. He's seeking whom he can devour. His name is Satan, the devil. He's out to get you, and we forget about that. But let me point out the first thing about hell before we get to Proverbs 15, 24. The devil is not in hell today. We got this idea, because I think we grew up on cartoons, at least I did, that the devil's got a pitchfork, and he's got his little tail, and he's down in hell, and he's waiting for people. That's not where the devil's at. If you read in Revelation chapter 12, the devil has access to heaven and he's accusing the brethren day and night. That's what the Bible says. Day and night he accuses the brethren. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. So you've got to have that blood of Jesus Christ. He's not in hell right now. He will be one day. Don't doubt that. But hell is beneath your feet. Look at Proverbs 15, 24. The way of life is above to the wise that he may depart from hell beneath Hell beneath. Hell is beneath your feet. Right this morning, it's beneath your feet. Isaiah fourteen nine, Ezekiel chapter thirty one verses sixteen and seventeen, Ezekiel thirty two twenty seven. I have them written up there on the board. I'll just show you some more verses that prove to you that, that biblically prove to you that hell is beneath your feet. What does science tell us about the middle of the earth? It's a molten lava. Isn't that what science tries to teach us in school? They have a diagram of the earth. They cut it off. And what's in the middle of the earth? is a molten lava. It's what we call hell. And what the Bible calls hell. Beneath your feet. Right now, this morning, there's people beneath your feet burning in hell. This morning. Have you grasped that? Have you thought about that? And if you have a loved one or a lo- somebody you love and care for, and they die tonight without Jesus Christ, they're going to go to hell. I don't take any joy in saying that. I'm not trying to step on your toes. I'm trying to wake you up. Some of y'all know my testimony, and I don't have time to give it this morning, but my dad, I have no idea if my dad's in heaven. I really believe there's a chance my dad's burning in hell. And it it doesn't bring me any joy to say that. You think I get joy to think somebody I love is in hell? But it's real. It's real. And hell is beneath our feet. Look at Matthew chapter 16. Turn to Matthew 16. We're going to go through some verses this morning, then we'll settle down. But Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Hell not only is under your feet, hell has gates. The Bible talks about hell having gates. Matthew 16, 18. Jesus Christ speaking. Say also unto thee that thou art Peter. He's talking to Peter. Thou art Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Not only does hell exist, it's underneath your feet, but it has gates. There's gates to hell. The Bible goes so far as to say in Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, Jesus Christ says, I have the keys to hell and death. Jesus Christ has those keys. He has those keys in Revelation 1, 18. To these gates of hell. There's gates of hell. You know, there's been stories of scuba divers, and they'll go down, and they'll be scuba diving, and they'll get down in the ocean, and they'll get so far, and they'll start healing, hearing, they'll, they'll, they'll swear they'll hear people wailing and screaming. They'll hear screams down there. I read one account where a guy was down there scuba diving, and he could hear people screaming and wailing, and he came back up, and he got on that boat, and he goes, I'll never go back down in the ocean again. I believe one of those gates to hell is down in the ocean somewhere. I really believe that. We went on our vacation. We were up in New Mexico, and we went to Carlsbad Caverns. (laughs) And you go down to Carlsbad Caverns, one of the biggest caverns in all the world. We went down to Carlsbad Caverns, and as we got down there, we were going down in there, and we got down deeper and deeper and deeper. You know, you keep walking forever. It kept coming to my mind. What if you was to stop and really listen if you could hear people wailing and hollering and yelling? It occurred to me. See, that's how I think. You know why I think that way? Because I believe hell is for real. <laughs> That's why I believe that. That's why I think that way. You know, it might be impossible from the, the, you know, as deep as the earth is and the way hell is. It might be impossible. It might be impossible. But it's in my mind because I really believe hell is for real. And the reason I believe it because this book teaches it. Teaches a lot about it. And I'm showing you some of this in Proverbs 27, 20. Don't turn there, but Proverbs 27, 20. It says, hell is never full. Hell is never full. But it don't matter how many people go to hell, it's never going to fill up. It's going to keep on growing. It can keep on growing. Hell can handle all the lost world. Hell is never going to get full. Turn to Matthew 25. I'm talking about hell is for real. So many people talk about heaven and how they can't wait to get to heaven. And that's true. I can't wait to get to heaven. And heaven is a real place. And there's people who have an after-death experience where they say, oh, I, went, I woke up and I was in heaven, and, and that little boy in heaven is for real, he, he had all the testimonies, a real interesting testimony, great book. But guys, on the other side of that coin, there's a place called hell. And there's just as many testimonies about people waking up in hell. This book right here is called To Hell and Back by Maurice Rawlings. This brother right here is a doctor. And he wrote a book about all these after-death experiences where people, they weren't waking up in heaven. They were waking up in hell. They were waking up in hell. Look at Matthew chapter 25. Look at verse 41. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, this is Jesus speaking, Depart from me, ye cursed, and to everlasting fire, everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. One of the interesting truths about hell is it was never intended for me and you. It's prepared for the devil and his angels. He doesn't expect you to go. He doesn't want you to go. He died on the cross of Calvary, shed his precious blood that you may receive that free gift of eternal life so you can go to heaven. He didn't intend for you to go to hell. It doesn't bring God any great joy to send you to hell. But listen, heaven can't be heaven if it's got the wrong people in it. Would heaven be heaven if it had Hitler in it? No. No, they don't want to be in heaven anyway. See, wicked people, to them, heaven would be hell. This brother got up here and sang that great song, It is well with my soul. That brings great joy to me. And can you imagine us being in heaven and glorifying Jesus Christ and hearing people sing to Jesus Christ? You know, that brings great joy to y'all. And some of y'all really brings great joy. But to some people, that's as boring and just as dull and just as torturous as anything else anybody could ever think of. It's hell for them. But to us, it's heaven. The truth is, the great truth is, hell was never intended for me and you. It was intended for the devil and his angels. You know uh, Especially Jehovah's Witness, they're real bad about this. And you got a lot of humanists and a lot of the New Agers, they don't believe in hell. And they think hell doesn't exist. They think uh, if if you talk to Jehovah's Witness, they'll say hell is the grave. That the Bible, the word in the Bible, hell, it literally it just means the grave. It doesn't mean a fiery, burning place that's underneath your feet. They say that's all just superstition. And I, Je- and I had a Jehovah's Witness knock on my door one day, a girl knock on my door, and she was talking, and I was mentioning this teaching of theirs about hell. And she said, well, uh, yeah, I know the Bible talks about hellfire. I said, oh, really? I said, uh, the Bible talks about hellfire? She said, like, yeah, I know the Bible talks about hell hellfire, but I don't believe in hell. I said, well, so you believe hell is a grave? She's like, yes. I said, well, then... You said hellfire, right? She said, Yeah. I said, Then what's grave fire? If hell is the grave, what's grave fire? And you can literally see the look come across her face as the Holy Spirit came running right in there and just pricked her little conscience and said, It exists. And the look on her face, I never thought about that. Yeah, you never thought about a lot of things. Hell is for real. You know, I, I I kick those Jehovah's Witnesses so much. I've had the bigwigs come over to my house and they'll knock on my door. We want to have a talk with you about what about your Bible. Uh, you you were talking to uh, they called her sister so and so. I said yes, sir, I was. And and you you had her a little uh, you had her a little confused about some things. I said, well, I didn't think I confused her. She, he said, well, we want to talk to you about Jesus Christ being the Son of God. I said, he most definitely is the Son of God. He is God manifest in the flesh. Well, we're going to prove to you out of your Bible that Jesus isn't God. I said, oh, really? Out of my Bible. Well, come on in then. And that big we came in, and by the time he's done and I'm done, he's slamming his Bible down, and he tells his, his little cohort, let's go. You know? And they get up, and he, he waddles out of there. He, you know, somewhere up in a Jehovah's Witness kingdom hall, there's a wanted poster with my ugly face on it. <laughs> you know, if you ever have a chance to run this guy over, run him over. I've had him yelling at me at, tr- at work. I've been at work and a guy yelling at me because I was saying Jesus is the Son of God. And I wasn't doing anything wrong. He started yelling at me. And then when I called him a liar, he got all in my face. and was going to whip me. I thought he was going to whip me. You know, speaking of Jehovah's Witnesses, you ever notice that their kingdom halls don't have no windows in them? You ever notice that? Funeral homes don't have no windows in them. Bars. Bars don't have no windows in them. Prison. <laughs> I could go on and kind of hurt some people's feelings here, but... Think about the different buildings that don't have windows in them. I think they're all running along the same vein, if you ask me. Full of darkness. No light. Full of darkness. Hell was never prepared for us. It was prepared for the devil. Look at another great truth about hell there in verse 46. Matthew 25, verse 46. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Hell is a place of everlasting punishment. Hell is a place that punishment is going to last forever. You either have eternal life, end of verse 46, life eternal, or you, ever, you have everlasting punishment, one or the other. That's what Jesus said. I'll read it to you again. And these shall go away into ever, everlasting punishment. But the righteous into life eternal. See, I have eternal life, not because of anything I've done or personally done. It's all because I took Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Isn't it something I, some kind of work I'm doing or anything? If it wasn't for Jesus Christ, Brother King would be going to hell like a bullet. I deserve hell. I deserve hell a lot more than some people down in hell right now. Then what's the deal? The deal is Jesus Christ. My Lord and Savior Jesus Christ saved me from hell because I took him as my Lord and Savior. And he gave me eternal life. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. See, there's always a flip side to every coin. There's God's love, but there's also God's hate. God is a God is a loving God, but he's also a God of judgment. He's a God of judgment. He's a God of justice. It's a perverted God that's all love. Listen, some of of y'all may not get that. If you love something with all your heart, you're going to hate that that's trying to kill that. If I love my family with all my heart and somebody breaks in my house to hurt my family that I love, I'm going to hate that man that's come in the house to hurt my family. And I'll do whatever it takes to defend my family because I have a love for my family. That's where God gets that hate from. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous unto life eternal. Hell is a place of everlasting punishment. Jesus' favorite verse to quote from the Old Testament is Isaiah 66, verse 24. The worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. That's a verse about hell. He quoted that verse more than any other verse. That's your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's Mark 9, 44, 46, 47. That's when he's quoting these verses. Guys, we need to do a better job of warning people about hell. Hell is real. It's beneath your feet. It's a burning place. It's an everlasting punishment. It was never intended for you. It's intended for the devil and his angels. But without Jesus Christ, that's where you're going to go. You run into people, like I said, the Jehovah's Witnesses that are trying to do away with hell. And you run into people say, oh, hell's not real. I don't really believe in hell. You know why people like that don't believe in hell? Because that's where they're going to be going. If you see somebody who's trying to air condition up hell, that's because that's where they're going to be going. That's what Dr. Rutman says. And Dr. Rutman's is exactly right. Hell is a place of fire, welling, and gnashing of teeth and darkness. That's Matthew. You don't have to turn to Matthew 8, verse 12, 13, verse 42, 22, verse 13, Jude chapter 1, or Jude 1, 6, and 13. Those are verses telling you that hell is of fire, welling, gnashing of teeth, darkness, and I was just talking about this book, Heaven's for Real, and some of these cases here out of these books about people going to, going to heaven with their near-death experiences. And let me read you some experiences of people going to, with near-death going to hell. Now, this guy that wrote this book here, his name is Maurice Rawlings, Dr. Rawlings. He actually debated Madeline O'Hare, the atheist, the lady that tried to get prayer out of school. She, he, he debated her on TV. And before he was saved, see, this guy, before he was saved, this doctor, before he was saved, what got him stirred up was he. he had a patient, and he had this patient doing a stress test. Now, none of y'all people freak out this, about this, because some of my members have been going through a stress test recently. Okay? <laughs> but he, he had them going through a stress test, okay? But he was having this guy do a stress test. He's on a, he's on a treadmill, and this guy's running a stress test, and ah, he you know, kills over so he runs over there, and without going into all the gore details, he's trying to get this guy to come back. And he says he gets the guy to come back, and as soon as the guy's eyes pop open, you know what the guy says? Help me, help me, I'm in hell. Help me, I'm in hell. And then a guy goes back, and he looks at the nurse. He says he looks at the nurse, and they're kind of, you know, they never had this happen. And he's working on the guy, and he's working on the guy. And he said the guy comes back, and the guy says, You don't understand. I'm in hell. Don't let me go. Don't let me go. I'm in hell. Don't let me go. And he was able to save this guy. And this guy ended up living a, a, a long life. But that experience right there led this guy to Jesus Christ. But it led him also to start investigating these near-death experiences where people were going into hell when they died. They weren't going into heaven, they were going into hell. Let me read you what one guy said. I was guided to the place in the spirit world called hell. This is a place of punishment for all those who reject Jesus Christ. I not only saw hell, but felt the torment that all who go there will experience. This is what he said when he was dead. He said, the darkness of hell is so intense that it seems to have a pressure square inch it is an extremely black, dismal, desolate, heavy, pressurized type of darkness. It gives the individual a crushing, despondent feeling of loneliness. The heat is a dry, dehydrating type. Your eyeballs are so dry they feel like red, hot coals in their sockets. Your tongue and lips are parched and cracked with the intense heat. The breath from your nostrils as well as the air you breathe feels like a blast. From a furnace. The exterior of your body feels as though it was encased within a white hot stove. The interior of your body has a sensation of scorching hot air being forced through it. The agony and loneliness of hell cannot be expressed clearly enough for proper understanding to the human soul. It has to be experienced. Now, there's a near death experience of a man who went into hell and come back to talk about it. It's not a popular subject. Hell is never going to be a popular subject. But it's a place of fire, of wailing, of gnashing of teeth, of darkness. Hell has different levels of punishment. Look at Matthew chapter 23. Now this is one of the more controversial teachings. But look at Matthew chapter 23 verse 14. Maybe some of y'all have never heard of this. But I believe that hell has different levels of punishment. Hell is still hell. Don't get me wrong, but it has different levels of punishment. Matthew chapter 23, verse 14. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye devour widows' houses, and this is Jesus speaking, and for our pretense make long prayer. Therefore, therefore, Jesus says, ye shall receive the greater, the greater damnation. The greater damnation. I believe there's different degrees and levels to hell. Look at Deuteronomy 32. Let me show you one more verse. Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 22. Different levels. There's different levels to hell. There's different punishments to hell. Hell is a real place. Verse 22, Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 22. For a fire is kindled in mine anger, this is God speaking, and shall burn unto the lowest hell. Shall burn unto the lowest hell. I believe hell has different degrees of damnation. But it's still hell. Hell is hell. One of the greatest aspects of hell is going to be you're going to be separated from God for eternity, from your loved ones. Turn to Luke chapter 16, and I'm going to close there in Luke chapter 16. See, some people say, well, I don't believe in hell. I think it's just a place you're just, I think you're just making up people. Preachers say that just to scare people. No, preachers say, if it scares you when a preacher says that, then you need to get saved. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's, that's what you need to do. I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm trying to tell you the Word of God. I'm trying to wake you up. Some of you have been watching TV and TV is cuddling you and and movies is cuddling you and the music you listen to, it's cuddling you and it's going to cuddle you right into hell and cast you right into a pit of hell and the devil's going to laugh all the time. I'm trying to wake you up. Hell is real. It's right beneath your feet. It's burning. It's a lake of fire. And there's people right now, as I speak, burning in hell because they would not take Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Just as real as my mom being in heaven, my dear mom that took Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is just as real to me as my mom who's in heaven right now. It's just as real to me that my dad more than likely is burning in hell. That's just as real to me. Look at Luke 16. Luke 16, verse 19. Let's see what Jesus Christ has to say about hell. He gives a personal experience of somebody who's dealing with hell. Now, guys, this verse right here in verse 19, nowhere does it say parable. Jesus doesn't, doesn't, the Bible doesn't say, and Jesus doesn't say this is a parable. This is a real story. This is a true story. He's using proper names. Okay, grab a hold of that. Because you have some, like the Jehovah's Witness, some people say, well, that's just a parable. That's not really what, it's really, no, no, that's really what it's like. That's why Jesus said it. And that's why Jesus talked about hell, because it's real, it exists. And if you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going to go to hell. Look at verse 19. There was a certain rich man, Jesus speaking, which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores, desiring to be fed with crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. This guy's in real bad shape. But Jesus Christ knows his name, knows him as Lazarus. Never calls a rich man by name. Verse 22, And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Just this weekend, I was talking to somebody. Last weekend, I was talking to somebody, and they were talking about their mom who, who was a saved woman. And he, she said, they said, right before my mom died, she, she sat up in bed. She says, You see them? And the lady said, uh, What do you see, Mama? You see those two angels right there? They're so beautiful. And then she laid back down and closed her eyes and went on to be with the Lord. So The angels came and got the beggar. Guys, if you know Jesus Christ and you're Lord and Savior, you're not going to have to go across Jordan alone. You're not going to have to go through death alone. Jesus Christ will lead you to the valley of death. I promise you that. He'll be there with you. Death is nothing for a Christian to fear. Death is just our ticket into heaven. A lot better place. What, you want to stay here? <laughs> you re- I mean, I'm not try- I know none of us are wanting to run out there and get run over by 18 wheeler in the middle of the road, but are you really? Are you really want to stay here to see who's going to win the election? <laughs> Do you really care? The guy that's, okay, we got the, the guy, here's, the, here's the options we got. We got this, we got this one Roman, woman that screeches, Rah! you know, that's one option you can vote for. Or oh, we got this other guy that stands up and says, number two Corinthians. <laughs> and nobody reads the Bible more than me. Oh, yeah, I believe you about that. What's your favorite verse? I think that that's something personal. I don't like to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, who, that's your options. This is the world you're living in. Amen. And and if there's any kind of evangelical there, and we're not going to mention any names, the media make sure to keep their thumb on them and to destroy them. That's all right. This ain't my world. This ain't my world. This world's run by the devil. But but there's going to come a time where my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is going to come back. And I'm going to get to come back with him. He's going to come back on that old white stallion with the name Lord of Lords and King of Kings written on His side, vesture dipped in blood, He's going to come back and He's going to clean up this mess right here. He's going to clean it up. So you better get ready. And you know what I know about that? When Jesus Christ comes back at the battle of Armageddon, He sets up His millennial kingdom to reign for a thousand years. You know what I know about that? It doesn't matter if you voted for Him or not. You say, well, I didn't vote for Him. It don't matter. He's still King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It don't matter if you voted for him or not. He doesn't care one bit if you voted for him. You don't vote in a king. He rules with a rod of iron. Verse 22, And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Look down at verse 23. And in hell, talking about the rich man also died and was buried. Verse 23, And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. That's one part of aspect of hell. Being able to see your loved ones up in heaven mm. that's tough right there verse 24 and he cried and said father abraham have mercy on me and said lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for i am tormented in this flame now that's the words of your lord and savior jesus christ repeating what that rich man said from hell i didn't make that stuff up you're reading it in your bible amen Notice it says, "Dip the tip of his finger in water." He said, "If you could just take your, just get your, just dip that your finger right there and just touch my tongue. That's all I want." Oh, when I get to hell, I'm gonna have a beer party. Me and my friends, we're gonna pop a top. No, 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 no. There's not gonna be no beer popping and going on in hell. You're not gonna be popping a beer and drinking it back. Listen, just like Brother Chad was saying the other day when he was up here preaching, the party in hell has been canceled due to fire. Amen. There ain't no partying going on in hell. I've had God say that to me to my face. Well, when I get to hell. I'm just going to party it up. That's not what the Bible says. Yeah, you're going to be dancing around and wiggling, but it ain't because you're listening to some music. It's because you're going to be tormented in a flame. I'm not trying to make light of this, guys. This is serious. Very serious. Verse 25, but Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things. And likewise Lazarus the evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. You ever thought about for a lost man, this is as close. For a lost man, for somebody who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, this is as close to heaven as they're ever going to get. This is heaven for them. But the guys, i got some good news. This is as close to hell as you're going to get if you're saved this morning. Yeah. Yeah, this is as close to hell as you're ever going to get, see. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Verse 26, and beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. In other words, it's done, it's finality. There's no passing between them. If I'm going to go visit them, they're going to go visit me. No, it's done. You're in hell. It's everlasting punishment, Jesus Christ said in Matthew twenty five forty six, It's everlasting. It's done. It's over. Verse 27, then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my Father's house, He's a missionary from hell, he said, uh, Abraham, I want you to go to my father's house and do what? Verse 28, For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Please send somebody to warn my brothers. Please send somebody to warn my brothers. Listen, guys, if we had the gates of hell right here to where I could open up the gates of hell, and we could open those hinges, and we could hear them screaming and hollering, if you could listen to one of your loved ones, they would scream out from hell. Don't come in here. Oh, please don't come in here. He's screaming from hell, please send somebody to my father's house to warn my brethren. Please don't come in here. Get right with God. Take Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Please don't come in here. It's tormentous. That's a missionary from hell. Hell should be real to you. People today, I'm telling you, if I could open up the gates of hell, that's what they would scream. And why can't we grab a hold of that and warn our loved ones and our friends at work and wherever we meet them that, hey, you need Jesus Christ. This isn't just to make your life better. Paul said, if Christ was for this life only, we would be men most miserable. That's what Paul said. In other words, if Jesus Christ is for this life you're living, we'd be miserable. But he's not Jesus Christ is for that life to come right up there. And for you to get up there, so you won't go down there. Verse 29, Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, that's the Bible, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, if they're not going to listen to the Bible, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. I know one that rose from the dead. His name is Jesus Christ. He rose from the dead. That's the sign that you can believe that he is the son of God. When he came up from the grave. See, if somebody tells me, I am the resurrection. Somebody comes to me and says, I can give you eternal life. When they go in the grave, they better come up. And Jesus Christ came up. That's your sign. That's how you know you got the right one. That's how you know you got the right one. Muhammad's in a grave. Buddha's in a grave. The popes are in a grave. But Jesus Christ is alive forevermore. Amen. Amen. That's how you know you got the right one. He rose from the dead. But even though Jesus Christ rose from the dead to give the testimony that he does have eternal life, he is the resurrection, so many people back away. So, I don't want him. I'll just go my own way. I want to keep living like I'm living. And the problem really is simply this they don't realize hell's waiting on them. Amen. 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 They don't realize it. See, they hear about heaven and streets of gold and us singing to Jesus Christ. And see, to them, that's torture. It is. To them, that's torture. I don't want to be up in heaven. I don't want to be around a bunch of Christians. Look at that. I don't want to be. That's torture. That's why they say they'd rather go to hell and have a beer party. That's why they say stuff like that. They don't grasp the finality of hell and the torment and the agony. They don't grasp it. But if you're in here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you feel like in your heart the Lord is speaking to you that you are going to hell, listen, you need to get saved. You need to come down and ask Jesus Christ to save you. He wants to save you. He went on the cross. He took all your sin on the cross of Calvary so you can get to heaven. Do you believe on his name? Have you received that free gift? Guys, I've done the best I could to preach to you about hell. I've done the best I could through the Holy Spirit to preach to you about Jesus Christ. Now the ball's in your court. I can't guarantee you tomorrow. You might be sitting out there and you might hear me and you say, Well, I'll wait for tomorrow. I'll wait for the next week. I'll wait for... You don't know no guarantees. I have a friend that died at 14, 14 years old. I'm talking to him on the telephone, me and him just talking. Just like you might do today to your best friend at 14 years old. And he was messing with a sawed-off shotgun. While I'm talking to him on the telephone, gun went off, blew his guts out, and he went out into eternity. Guys, I, I can't guarantee you tomorrow. But I can, through the Word of God, guarantee you salvation in Jesus Christ if you'll receive it. Amen. It's just that simple. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me. And he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at indiangapbaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.